title, of course, Believe God and Follow Him. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. <laughs> the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Clement Clark Moore certainly captured the excitement, the expectancy of Christmas. Listen carefully. Out on the housetops there arose such a clatter. Who caused the clatter? The reindeer. And Rudolph was <laughs> leading them. If there's ever a time when people feel loving and gentle, we prepare by setting up Christmas club accounts at the bank to save money for presents. We make sure that our plastic money credit limits are low enough to sustain a flurry of purchases. We read the paper for ideas and we compare prices and we tramp from store to store. Have you noticed all of the and shaves closer than a blade or your money back? <laughs> or those salad shooter ads <laughs> this is the time of the year we compare quality and we compare prices and we sneak our gifts into the house and we say to ourselves well if they don't like it they can take it back but all the time we're thinking uh, if they do take it back, it's a reflection on our taste. Why do we go through this every year? The liquor industry spends $30 million between Thanksgiving and New Year's on advertising. Then Tom Brokaw comes on and he has a wonderful sepulchral voice telling us the terrible effects of drinking too much and how you and I can help one another, how we can save lives uh, on the highways. There's a song in the air. There's a star in the sky. There's the mother's deep prayer. And the baby's low cry. And the star rains its fire while the beautiful sleep. And the manger Bethlehem cradles the king. Familiar carol? Fathers who spend an average of less 
spend three minutes a day talking to their sons and daughters. Mothers who spend less than nine minutes a day talking one-on-one with a son or a daughter can get rid of a heap of guilt by giving special gifts. And what a nice warm glow comes deep in the heart. And besides, the family gift purchase extravaganza proves whether or not our country is in depression. Everybody benefits at Christmas. Everybody benefits from the spirit of the Christmas celebration. Who needs to ponder? Twas the night before Christmas. How did it begin? The Creech, which shows figures of Mary and Joseph and the baby and the shepherds and the animals. Well, the Creech has become a sign of religious bigotry. And in fact, many communities in America ban such Christian symbols from their public buildings. Two years ago, the U.S. Postal Department made a great big deal out of putting Elvis Presley on one of the stamps. But the cross was rejected as a central design feature in 1962. And there wasn't a church person in America that heard about it. And none of us had the opportunity to vote on it. But what's the big deal? Church people know that church programs will take up the slack. There are glory of Christmas celebrations of one kind or another everywhere at this time. Churches have special nights of singing carols and, well, if that's not enough, who can resist the sentiment of Bing Crosby crooning White Christmas. One writer has said, holiday trappings are lovely, but not if they trap us into erasing the heart of Christmas. And what is that heart? This truth that Jesus Christ was born to die for us sinners. He was born to die for the sinner, not to delude him, not to entertain him, but to save him. 
All of us are born into this world in bondage to Satan. All of us are born into this world hostages of Satan. But the Lord Jesus came to set us free. He was born to pay the penalty we all deserve for our sin so that by believing in him we can be adopted into the family of God that we can be set free free from Satan to serve our Lord Jesus the bright and shining face of the baby in the manger at Christmas time can never be observed beloved without the shadow of the cross of Easter for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever and you can put your name there whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved when Jesus died on the cross the next to the last thing he said was to tell us die the Aramaic word which means the debt for sin is paid Nothing further owing on the account. I have paid it all. And when he spoke those words, he was referring to you and me who believe in him, trust in him, have our complete confidence in him that his death on the cross did pay the bill of sin that we owe. Yes, there's nothing further owing on the account. Do you believe that? That was the meaning and purpose of his life. The meaning and purpose of his birth was to that end. His death, his burial, his resurrection and ascension into heaven. And because of him, you and I can know that we too shall live forever. In the parallel passage announcing Jesus' birth in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 1, also as we see it in Luke chapter 2, Jesus is given three names. The first name is Jesus, which is the New Testament, the Greek word for the Old Testament word Joshua. In the Old Testament word Joshua, that name means the Lord saves us. And the person says, but from what? And the answer, of course, is from sin unto salvation. The second name that he is given is the word Christ, which is the New Testament word for the Old Testament word Messiah, which means the anointed one of God. And so, in that name, his position, his title is set before us. First, we have his function, then we have his position, then we have his title, and then he's given the name Emmanuel, which is the Hebrew word which describes who he is. God with 
us. And in the Gospel of John, we read, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In the first letter of John, you get the significance of that word, beheld his glory. There in that first letter of John, he says, that which our eyes have seen, that which our hands have handled, declare we unto you. And you can just see John and the other disciples on that night when he spoke to come. Put your finger in the hole. God with us. Emmanuel. The anointed one. Jesus. The one who saves. When these are put together. We must acknowledge. That he is the king. Of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And as he is your Lord, he is your Lord. God sent his son to pay the penalty for sin. So that those who are born dead in sin could be made alive. And God himself promises from this that he will never leave us, that he will never forsake us, that as his kingdom has no end, he will be with us even unto eternity. Oh yes, while we yet live, we are, quote-unquote, as one writer has said, walking wounded. But he promises, beloved, as we even are the walking wounded, to use us for his glory. And that first Christmas, the salvation of the souls of sinners was no longer seen through the figures or the symbols of the Old Testament tabernacle, but seen face to face in the Christ child in the manger. Now there's a great deal of sentimentality brought into the Christmas narrative with regard to Mary being chosen to be the mother of Christ. You've all heard it. Many marvel that such a poor and humble and unassuming young woman from an insignificant family and community should be chosen to be so honored by God. And some even venerate her. Truly, her relationship was Jesus with Jesus was very special. But no more so than yours or mine. Contrary to the teaching of some, Mary was not born immaculate. That is, without sin. 
She needed salvation just like we. And in Luke chapter 1 verse 47, she calls Jesus her Savior. A relationship with Jesus is within reach of all. And that relationship is far closer than any blood and flesh relationship for all who repent and believe. Now Jesus never (coughs) venerated his mother. Rather, he said, he, and you could put the she in there also, that does the will of my father is my brother and my sister and my mother. And then when one woman said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore thee, he said, Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Now there's no question that Mary was wonderfully used of God And she was willing by his grace to submit to his plan for her life. But that's your opportunity and mine also. We can be used of God which gives meaning and purpose to our lives. When we believe that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and as we submit to his will, in Christ we become the people of God. We become ambassadors for Christ. We become servants of his. And we are blessed among the people of the world to be a blessing to the people of the world. Now what's sentimental about that? That's real meaning. That's real purpose for life. He establishes a relationship with every believer. He makes himself known as Lord in order that we might make him known unto others. When Gabriel came to Mary to tell her about God's plan and what it was, our text tells us that she became troubled. The Greek word is more intense than just troubled. The Greek word means she got all shook up she was stirred up not curious not unbelieving but deeply disturbed first she was startled by the sudden appearance of the angel and then further amazed by the announcement that she would bear a son and that she was to call his name Jesus Gabriel told her that her son 
would be the son of the Most High God, and that he would be given the throne of his father David, and that he would rule forever. Now, if an angel appeared to you at midnight some night and said all these things to you, do you think you might get deeply troubled? Mary was a young girl, but she was not naive. She knew all about the birds and the bees. Her question, well, how can this be, tells us that. She expressed astonishment, but not unbelief. She didn't question that all things are possible with God. She just couldn't get a hold of how it was going to happen. And the angel simply replied, well, that the Holy Spirit, God, would overshadow her. And as a result, the child to be born would be the Son of God, the creative miracle of God, the miracle, beloved. That which was supernatural was the conception. The birth was perfectly natural. And if she questioned such a miracle of conception, Gabriel pointed out the promised son of Elizabeth and Zechariah. Now put yourself in Mary's place. She was engaged to Joseph. Her family and neighbors and friends knew all about her plans. She was chaste. What would happen when people discovered her pregnancy? Do you think she grabbed up the yellow pages to look for the available services for a quick and painless personal care abortion? Or did she submit? Patiently to God's providence and purpose for her life. There are two reasons why we hang back from full consecration of our lives to God. The first is God might call upon us to do something too hard. Too hard to start, too hard to accomplish, and too hard to continue. And we, beloved, dwarf our Christian lives by fearing imagined painful consequences. Especially when we think of entering into Christ's sufferings as we are told we shall in consecration. The second reason we hang back is because we fear others will look 
at our Christian endeavors and condemn them as being holier than thou. Oh, how we dwarf our Christian lives, worrying about where we will stack up with others. Well, beauty, family, name. Can we just simply remember that in just a few years we will lie in the chill of the earth in a cemetery somewhere chosen by somebody else perhaps with eyes dead to admiration and ears dead to praise and the world's beat goes on but the thought of God's providence the thought of his presence destroyed all thought of self for Mary whatever greatness among women she was to have she knew would be of God knowing this she could not feel even a flutter of vanity now there are those who manifest a false humility give them an assigned task and they say oh I'm not worthy (laughs) or that task is too great for me knowing that an honor is about to be bestowed upon you how do you avoid that self-consciousness of merit how do you avoid restless vanity restless vanity think now folks restless vanity is ever afraid but always pushing forward well you avoid it by knowing yourself to be a child of God And that all that you are, all that you have, or all that you ever will be, or all that you ever will have, is but by the grace of God. And to Him be the glory. Now what words come out of Mary's deep distress in our text? She just simply says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be even as you have said unto me. And there was no shrinking from the fulfillment of the promise that was involved. The shame and the reproach of David or of Joseph or his family or of friends and the suffering anticipated in Jesus' death. She knew that the glory would succeed the gloom and she Followed the Lord's will. A psychologist once interviewed two young men. They were brothers. 
and their father had been an abusing alcoholic. The counselor was astounded to learn that one of the boys had become a teetotaler and the other boy had become a drunk. And the counselor asked each boy, how did this happen? And strangely, both gave exactly the same answer. What would you expect with a father like mine? What made the difference? Now there are those who hear the Christmas story over and over and yet have never said, I believe it, and I submit to the Lord's will. Now, beloved, if you say you believe, if you know the gospel and you say you believe it, you will follow the Lord's will. That's the natural thing which comes from the supernatural birth rebirth in the heart. And as you believe it, and as you follow His will, the Scriptures teach, you will know what its will is for those who are the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. We thank Thee for the illustration of Scripture having to do with Mary. We pray, O God, that as she was startled, we too would be startled with the awareness that Thou hast loved us to the uttermost and sent Thy Son that we might be forgiven and receive the gift of eternal life. That startles us. Oh, we would say, I'm not worthy. Well, I'm afraid what thou will have me to do if I were to believe and follow. Oh, we might say all of these things. We might make excuses. We might be concerned that what thou will have us to do we couldn't accomplish. We couldn't hang in there. We might be concerned what other people think. Oh, None of us want to be holier than thou. But, O oh God, as the gospel has come to us in the person and work of Jesus, can we but believe and can we but follow? Lord Jesus, come into our hearts and give to us the gift of thy love. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.